Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Polarized Podcast, the place for all your polarizing movie needs. I am your host, James. We are talking about a polarizing movie today, a movie that is divisive amongst the audiences and critics on Rotten Tomatoes. And this one, the critics uh, do not like it, and the audience does. The critics gave it a 59%. Audiences Mm. gave it an 83% which means they disagree, which means that we are going to get into it. This is Die Hard with a vengeance. With a vengeance. <laughs> uh, it's Die Hard, Die Harder, and Die Hardest. Uh, this is the Papa Bear of the Die Hard movies, but there's more after this. This is kind of also the the sweet, the sweet gooey center of, of the... Is there is five it the Goldilocks movie? bear is or movies? is it the Papa Bear? <laughs> I, I'm mixing my metaphors. It's okay. You uh, you understand. And uh, Bruce Willis at the helm again. I am your uh, helm host. Your your James. I am your James. Yeah. Your one and only. And I would like to give you a special introduction to my good friend. Your Brandon. Your great Brandini. Oh. It's your Brandon and my James. Your we're Brandon, the, we're my the James. podcast hostess with the mostesses. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Mr. James. Hello. What's, what's going on? <laughs> I, oh man, we got the boys today. Today's an episode for the boys. Am I right? Oh, you said it, brother. <laughs> I like how this one doesn't even say three. It's just with a vengeance. I, I love I, it. And well, I is... love it for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's courageous, I think, to uh, do it that way because, you know, some people zig and they do a three, but this movie doesn't do that. It zags all the way. And again, we love it for it. I have never, uh, never seen this and I've never talked about it with anyone. So this is a special, special day for, for both of oh, those. That's things. your walk with it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. But, um, well, you know what, before we get into our walks with, with Bruce, <laughs> with, Oh, Bruce, uh, the boss. What's his, uh, no, what's his, um, uh, Alter ego. Um, oh, it's oh, and uh, when he's the it, when uh, he's the musician, aqu- like aqueduct. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Bruce Willis has a uh, like an alter ego that um, you know he he uses. Uh, he oh, when he goes music. checking to hotels and stuff. Um, no, he oh, made he music, music, and then but he it, this nickname that he has was given to him growing up uh in new jersey i think he's a man Bruce he's doing Springsteen? a <laughs> <laughs> the boss <laughs> it was it just a him. oh my god i never noticed they've never been in the same room at the same time oh that's my weird god. that he picked they... bruce though because that's just the same name i was thinking You're, you were uh... talking about his aqueduct security character he's called uh mickey o'brien when he's oh, pretending to be yeah. that guy with he's like hey give me your jacket uh... and your hat He's like, hey, it's Mickey O'Brien, Aqueduct Security. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> love seeing McClane play that. a character. Yeah. Bruce Willis play a character playing a character. Oh, me too, man. One dude I playing a dude who's, who's playing another dude. We're all dudes, yeah. Um, but so it isn't just before we, yeah. Let's get into our walks with Bruce. We're all dudes, we yeah. <laughs> and there's another dude here with us today. He goes by the name of CJ. What's up, man? Get on in here. Wow, that was a rhymed intro. Holy <laughs> shit, CJ. I hope uh, it's Bruno, it. by the way. Bruno is it. what his nickname was. Bruce's uh, nickname was Bruno. He Bruno. Made, he, 
he re- he released I, an album a- as the singer of said group, and the uh, name of that record is called "The Return of Bruno." Um. Anyways, but CJ, hey, how's it going, I man? I want to listen to some of that. What What's up, fellas? What's up, everyone? I'm. Uh, can I also be your CJ? Um. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh. Yeah, you can. The collective CJ. <laughs> the coll- We are all CJ. <laughs> like, like people have been known to all be Spartacus. We can all be CJ as well. I hope everybody is out there listening is CJing themselves. <laughs> 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 If you aren't already, this is your opportunity. You're already CJing yourself. Please uh, feel free to CJ yourself now. Put your CJ uh, glasses on now. Oh Three, my God. Three, two, one. I uh, found some Return of Bruno. Can we just do was, uh, Maybe do a little sample of it. I mean, look at this guy. It looks like he does some har- harmonica action, possibly. Oh, yeah. Um, but let's. Coming right up. Lam, coming what is right this up. Song? Respect yourself. Down in Hollywood. <laughs> Young blood, under the boardwalk, secret agent. Oh, he man. doesn't under the boardwalk. James Bond. Wow, man. Jack I would love Pot, to hear Bruno's Br- Bop. Bruno. Fun time. Lose myself and flirting with disaster. Okay, what is this? Let's hear like? coming right up. One, two, three, hit it! Yeah. Boys. Uh oh, Bruno. Look at this sheepish grin. This is the Mona Lisa smile. Very bold, Bruno. Very bold. Very bold. And brash. Wow. And Why now does we're no one ever talk about album. this? <laughs> this is a I'm ten. Find C- CJ on a street corner in a couple weeks, and he's Let's see just... what Pitchfork gives it. He's... I'm bringing, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> the Return of Bruno. Oh, they just have Bruno yeah. Mars, guys. Yeah. You want to listen to Bruno Mars and stuff? Okay. What did they give? Twenty four K Magic. Twenty four K Magic. They gave a six point two. Good. Oh, Bruno Mars, 24K Magic, on his latest Uptown Funk, vocalist and (laughs) animatronic sequined suit, Bruno Mars compresses all of his various persona into one, the retro song and dance man who happens to be really, really horny. What a backhanded compliment that they called him an animatronic. Animatronic sequined suit. Yeah, right. Yeah. So he's a a robot designed just (laughs) Wow. He was cooked up in a lab. Well, I don't disagree. <laughs> Industry plant. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He's generic. Oh, I hate his music. Um, Bruno. What do you think, old Bruce? Well, Bruce Willis is uh, Bruno. I guess we. I guess we can say we prefer that to Bruno Mars. He's the superior Bruno. He's the superior Bruno. I think all of us are on board with that uh, take. So Bruno. yeah. Peak Bruno. Peak, yeah. yeah. It's really given Bruno vibes. I guess there's like another one we don't talk about, one of the Brunos, and then there's the 
the uh, Sasha Baron Cohen Baron. Oh, of course. Now, but, um, yes. That's in a different vein. It's a different is, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is. It is a different thing. There can be. Yeah. Uh, Bruno's there, there aren't uh, Bruno. mutually exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> However, again, we'll emphasize on this podcast. I am your James, and this is your Brandon, and this is your C. Yeah. And welcome. We are and, ex- and we are exclusive. all together in, in uh, metaphorically speaking by and large, but I mean, in this case, me and CJ are uh, in different rooms in the same place, but yeah, it's good to be here to talk about this movie guys. I'm excited yeah. about hearing everybody's walk with Bruno as we've established, because um, I don't know. I'll just kind of set the pace for uh, everybody to kind of give their history with it. But um, Bruce Willis is a huge fucking deal in our lives, right? When it comes to yeah, just, uh, you know, the age we're at and uh, the movies he made and uh, and whatnot. Um, Do you have yeah. a, de- a defining Bruce performance, CJ, or one that, like, you globbed on to first, like, uh, as, as, like, your first big Bruce performance that you noticed him as? Yeah, I, I don't want to cop out by saying it was it was uh, the original Die Hard. No. But, um, I, but I... I think uh, a lot of a lot of people where he really gained traction was the Fifth Element. Um, oh yeah. Oh, interesting. Cool. I, yeah. I I remember just walking into a blockbuster or a Hollywood video and mm-hmm. just seeing the big billboards and it was just plastered and everyone when that movie came out. I mean, on Friday night at a at a Hollywood video, man, that was a that was a vibe. I mean, you know, Ooh, my God, line. yeah line out the door and you were get you were getting in there and you were asking somebody hey do you guys have any more of that fifth element you know and he's like sorry you can stand by you can actually check the the return bin if you want do you remember checking the return bin oh, yeah. <laughs> you know just to see if somebody might have you know uh, uh returned it while you were in the store yeah, they gotta um, get the key, and then you make the person open up this box of just loose VHS tapes. Not, not loose VHS tapes, man. Um, but well, they uh, had their little fun cases on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Uh, yeah, uh, what a what a scene. Uh, but well, if I. Yeah. But if I was being honest, for sure, it, it would be the original Die Hard, man. That. Yeah. Um, uh, really cemented my uh, my love of action uh, films with uh, with uh, you know the the big three man Bruce Willis Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone man at at the time you know oh I, for I, sure that that has to be the same for me as is the first Die Hard and I think it it branched out from there and seeing him and his his part mm. in Pulp Fiction even was just like oh that's yeah that's the guy from Die Hard and. Uh, or I, even as you know, as a kid, like seeing a, a kids movie at the time when you would branch into that kind of thing as well was I think there's a movie called The Kid, where he like oh, has I, a younger ver- younger version of himself yeah. uh-huh. he's like taken right. care of is like somehow like a child version of himself is around and he's gotta like get back in touch with his uh, child like and it's like a Dis- Disney movie I believe and then there's mm-hmm. of uh, of course uh, Sixth Sense but. Um, yeah, it's got to be Die Hard for me. What about you, Brandon? Yeah, I'm just trying to think because um, my recollection is is Die Hard was a thing that kind of happened in the maybe a little bit more in the background for me um, because of the hyper violence and the language of that movie. I want to say that I almost like. 
maybe an Armageddon could have been more of like a a, a bigger sure. Bruce intro for me definitely than the diehards um because Armageddon was just one of those movies man that was um it was huge when it came out and it played, it was so quick to be on TV and to uh, continue to be on TV and a presence in my life. And um, yeah, Armageddon, I think. And then the sixth sense too, but that was another one that's like, uh, you know, it came out when I was nine. So I definitely didn't see it then. I would have seen it probably maybe in college and I'm trying to think because I feel like around the same time that Sixth Sense came into my life, Pulp Fiction came into my life as well. I want to, I feel like I want to say it was like mainly Armageddon with some Die Hard, then Fifth Element, then like a Sixth Sense Pulp Fiction situation. But I guess I would just emphasize again of like the important, you know, Die Hard being like a kind of understood um, big deal. Whether or not it was mm-hmm. a big deal in my life, it was just like everybody knows yeah. Bruce, and we're collectively as a as America. It seemed like that kind of energy you would kind of get as a kid and interpret as mm-hmm. a kid of like everybody in America knows Bruce Willis, and we're all on board with Bruce Willis. And so he was, if anything, I could maybe argue that he was like more of a celebrity than a movie star, you know, or that would be the first iteration of him before he became more of a genuinely kind of beloved movie star in my life even as i grew uh deeper into my love of movies and varied types of movies and just uh knowledge of movies in general like you know having things like a pulp fiction where it and fifth element for that matter of like here's an actor that is okay with being in those roles seemingly like um is willing to do that fundamentally to be in a movie where you know you can you definitely get the sense of like i don't think bruce probably understood a lot of what was going on in fifth element but he kind of got the why blade runner is cool you know just like i don't know how much harrison ford understood blade runner when it, he was probably in it <laughs> making it he just mainly gl- globbed onto and understood the importance of that archetype, you know, just like with fifth element at a fundamental level, he's like a New Yorker, you know, being thrust into this whole adventure and situation. And he is the, he is the star of it. He is going on an adventure of pushing himself to the limit physically and uh, doing a lot of fun stuff. And yeah, so I would say my walk with Bruce now kind of recollecting and, and working it out here, I would say almost as first introduction would be celebrity. And then I would say maybe Armageddon or he definitely embraces and inhabits that archetype. And I'd say like even pushes it a bit further into some tropes that are replicated a lot today. Like, you know, you would do them and it would almost be a joke, but the way that he does it is just kind of, I I don't know. It's singular and it's kind of at the beginnings of that brand of kind of rogue cop. Who's, divorced and drunk and is kind of I, I guess i'm thinking like lethal weapon era uh where it's just really on the nose so they can kind of push it pretty far with how um kind of chaotic they are and 
I mean, it's not the first time. And it, th- there's a lot of this movie that almost reminds me of like a 70s action movie or something. Maybe it's just how it's shot in New York and, and the dirt and grime of it all and how how that feels, how it, how that and, and a little more graphic and, and violent and everything. And that feels like it's coming from a, a 70s sort of place, but that sort of drunken, like off the cuff sort of detective that, you know, he gets his badge back you don't even see him lose his badge in this I, I that's mm. you don't get the like get in here give me your badge and give me your gun he's already he doesn't even have it at the beginning of the movie he's and i love the hangover thing coming back constantly for starting to uh get oh into God, it yeah. and that's that's the introduction is he's just going through a like gnarly hangover and then we get also introduced to this police chief who i'm just like i don't know i'm not crazy about this police chief i guess he accomplishes the task of being like ineffectual and not and kind of incompetent <laughs> and like uh, things are just too much for him to handle a lot of times he's just exasperated and just kind of like i don't know just uh mclean like you gotta you gotta help me with this uh, there's people here all oh, the, the the traffic oh just tell him to hold on i don't know someone help me here and he's just he gets out never, of yeah, he never yeah, takes McLean's control much, yeah. <laughs> but then it makes mclean sure. look that much fucking cooler so much cooler <laughs> We, what we about were talking you, earlier. Yeah, what about you, CJ, with Bruce? I'm curious. Um, well, no, I, I actually wanted to uh, touch on James's point because it, it, it seems to be an, an ongoing theme through the, the first, second, and third diehard about this kind of um, incompetent leadership that seems to always right. be in Bruce, Will- Bruce Willis's life that <laughs> uh, you know, that makes him look like a, such a stud, you know? Um, <laughs> That's true. But, um, but there there is just, you know, throughout the all of the diehards there is this theme that nobody can figure this out except uh detective mclean or lieutenant mm-hmm. mclean and in this in this regard um so uh so it, it is it is it is funny yeah absolutely <laughs> and that, then you're just on board with all the tactics that he needs to use to get out in and out of situations and uh the difference with this one being it is a two-hander for the entire movie samuel L. jackson it, is with him in pretty much the entire movie. And I think that, uh, is a pretty fun dynamic. I think that it's, I uh, love he's, that. he's I an mean, excellent, excellent Lord. casting for sure. And, uh, those two together, speaking of Pulp Fiction and everything, I'm trying to think mm. if they have a scene together in Pulp Fiction. I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Yeah. Maybe the scene either. when they're like at the strip club or whatever the club is for. Yeah. I think that's um, just Vincent or, or, uh, Vincent's John Travolta, right? I think he just shows him. He yeah. just like mad dogs him the whole time. <laughs> I think so too, maybe. Um, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah. Excellent choice, though. I mean, because they're both come. I mean, this movie was shot in in 1995, right? And so Pulp Fiction was 1994, and so um, right after um, Pulp Fiction, these you know these two get team teamed up together now, um, and uh, they couldn't have, have picked a better. Um, yeah, choice incredible. for for this mm. uh what, what really turns into a buddy cop movie i i, I think you know um you mm. know and and you don't go into a diehard movie thinking it's gonna you're, you're going there to see lieutenant mm. mclean fuck shit up you know and kill mm. terrorists and you know uh narco traffickers and whatnot but all of a sudden now you're in you're in new york it becomes you know he's teaming up with a with a civilian samuel jackson um so i i think it's a really cool dynamic that they use the, a buddy cop type of of uh, a flick you know uh, throughout the entire movie 
I agree. Yeah, I think it, yeah. it worked a lot better than I had expected, and there were <laughs> there were times because uh, I just wasn't sure what to expect. Like I haven't seen the second Die Hard, and this is the third one that I'm jumping into, so I'm not really sure. Like they they kept making a couple after that. I I think I'd seen one other one after this, but uh, I wasn't sure what I was getting into. Always love Samuel L. Jackson, but he's been in a lot of movies. Uh, so you're not really sure what, what the quality might be. And it ends up being them two and their chemistry together throughout the movie like pushes a lot of lot of things through. And then uh, when I think I'm going to get a little bored or it's going to be too much, they keep me uh, having fun. And, and uh, a lot of good one-liners and, and back and forth between them. Yeah, I mean, Samuel I just question Jackson like why he, why Samuel Jackson stays at a certain point. <laughs> I'm just like, just go well, home, because, man. <laughs> because, just go home. <laughs> no, but Jeremy Irons wants him there, right? It, 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 there's always this right. kind of every step uh-huh. of the way, you know. It, it and they mention it too, almost like because of this, you know, you might forget in question, but it's always this. Uh, it, it comes back to Jeremy Irons' character Simon wants him there you know, and makes, uh, and enjoys having him there really. Cause there are plenty of times on uh, phone calls where, um, Simon likes Samuel L. Jackson's character, uh, Zeus more because Zeus is smarter than John McClane. Mm-hmm. Zeus is a very smart, capable guy. And it works so well from a, uh, the dynamic between the two of them, not only because of them as actors just vibe so fucking well together, mm-hmm. but the characters themselves is like Zeus is also from New York and understands the streets. Cause there's so much in transit shit yeah. in this, in this movie yeah. where we got to go to this place in New York in a very short amount of time. There are That's a, lot a bulk of, of this movie transportation <laughs> vehicles. Yeah. Right. Um, Which is exciting. Very exciting. Mm -hmm. It's, it's fascinating to me from like a, just a Southern California perspective. And you hear the, 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 the the interaction between Bruce and, uh, and Samuel Jackson, when, you know, Simon, uh, Jeremy Irons character tells him, you know, you got to get to this part of New York city. And within, within, you know, right off the tip of his tongue, Samuel Jackson is saying that's 90 blocks from here. here. And, and and I'm like, I I, I, failure. And it's just so amazing, um, transit-wise, how you could know something. You know that that intersection is ninety blocks from from you. You know, and uh, and and how to get there. Um, so yeah, because I mean they're both from they're both from there, and it, it they're, the movie does well to establish that they're both capable of knowing those things, um, so that it isn't ever really too much of a question or too much time, I think more importantly is not spent on figuring out the specifics. You're just allowed to go on the ride with two pretty capable individuals through this whole, like like everybody in this, I mean, all of the main players in this aside from, you know, we've kind of brought up and I'm sure we'll comment again on the, um, bureaucracy and you know the uh organizations and whatnot their issues but um you know it'll be they get a call from simon he gives them a kooky riddle then they collectively figure out that riddle riddle together and the dynamic every time of them figuring out these problems 
um, is a blast because they're yelling at each other. They're arguably the most racist people and the least racist at the same time. It's just such a weird line that they walk where a majority of the stuff they say together are like racial digs at each other. But then there's just like such a understood respect for each other at the same time. And so you're like, well, okay, well they're racist for sure, but God damn it. You know, they're like, they kind of really, I don't know, love each other. It's so weird how on board you are for the team of them. Like a thing that came up midway in the movie for me was I genuinely believe that, you know, um, Samuel L. Jackson will take a bullet for John McClane and they just met each other today. (laughs) And there's like uh, so many situations of, respect established and understood from each other um that makes this movie a blast because it's like so quickly do you get into two two guys just giving each other shit and you know just and they're strangers but they're new yorkers and they are they understand each other so easily it's um it really just makes for I mean, what an exciting time, you know, what a, what an adventure to be on with these, uh, with these two guys going through all of this stuff. Um, that's one of the best things of a buddy, buddy, especially buddy cop sort of thing is like when they're enabled to bust each other's balls. Oh my God. Yeah. You don't want them like agreeing on everything they do. You want them to be like, we should do it this way. No, we should do it my way. And then like the back and forth between them and then any, like it being messy because they're both kind of independent. They both have, both have like their own ways of doing things is more fun that way. And having like a, an odd couple sort of thing. And yeah, again, mm-hmm. I like having that introduced into this franchise. I just wasn't, I wasn't sure what a diehard movie was or what it was going to be. And it could easily be the thing of like, Oh, well a diehard movie is when you lock John McClane in a location and he's got to, figure his way out to like dismantle it from inside out and uh, get help from outside and everything that could easily be what all of these movies are. I haven't seen all of them, but I thought it was cool that like we went fucking everywhere in this movie. We saw a lot of New York. Like I hate when you go to New York in movies and you don't see a lot of them. Like this is so cool seeing New York in the nineties and like this big gray papaya and shit and the fucking subway and like, uh, and them driving the taxi, it was like, yeah, I'm seeing a lot. This is this is awesome. And then going they drive on the taxi through the subway park? taxi, yeah. yeah, through the park, and yeah, wow, wow, that, that was, was awesome. A, and like the boat, and like awesome. bridge, like it just, I loved that so much. Yeah. And then they're run and like they're driving the two towers, like twin t- or twin towers, like right behind them, and everything too. Just like those those kind of shots of like really reminding you, and in some ways not so subtle, but in a lot of other ways. Uh, it's just kind of like a, a big part of the the tapestry of the movie, and I overall like thought the frenetic camera ma- camera work was uh, pretty fun and and made it interesting and everything. But there was sometimes where it just pushed it a little too far, where it was like, okay, in like the, take it easy. It was just like oh, in the like, shakiness. Oh yeah, the shakiness. Yeah. yeah, but I did. I was like, I like this. Is like kind oh, of ahead I of its l- time, and in, in a lot of other ways. There was just one time near the end where they're totally like so. looking for the trucks on the bridge, 
And they're like, it's right there, look. And it really looked like someone was in a car just trying to zoom really quick. <laughs> and like, even me, like, if they didn't remind me, like, it's right there and, and, and trying to yell at you to look, I was like, oh, I haven't even seen anything. I'd really had to be like, wait, well, oh, okay, there, yeah, yeah there it is. <laughs> but a lot of those times, I was like, wow, this just keeping the energy and making me feel like I'm on the ground with them. Yeah, my God, there was this one uh, shot where it's the woman. I I can't remember her name because um, I think it's said so few times in the movie. Evil but woman, who's a total fucking Evil badass. Woman. I loved every like her vibe and what she was bringing to the whole thing. Um, Jeremy and Irons, a shot of her lady. Yeah, oh, but okay. Jeremy Irons cigarette? is also kind of bisexual. You know, he's kind of got that going on. Uh, which is is such a weird. Um, no, it's not weird. It's very stereotypical vibe of like a a villain. The movie it's thinks like, would think it's weird. I guess there there's, time, there's a lot. It, it, the movie thinks it's weird. Therefore, that's why it is a character. Uh, it is a characteristic of Jeremy Irons' character because him trying to portray a maniac like a sinister maniac is going to code it in this um now outdated i would argue uh stereotypes of having like this yeah he seems like bisexual or has some kind of yeah or or dare i say european oh weird oh (laughs) he's so weird he's very charming you know (laughs) so true most uh i yeah i I wish we could uh you know um Call up a German person. <laughs> One of those abilities people have. Phone a German, Phone a German and yeah. uh, ask them how offensive his accent is because I would imagine they would find it incredibly offensive. Most likely. Thank God I'm not one because I love I love Jeremy Irons so much and really like elevates this movie too. even higher. I love it. Too. Yeah. It's because yeah. it, you're already having so yeah, much fun with Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson, yeah. like them too. Like you're seeing than the majority of the movie but then you cut to fucking jeremy irons just twiddling his mustache hell yeah this is yeah. this is a good time <laughs> yeah it, it it's so unfortunate because just jeremy irons voice and accent naturally is just it's so awesome uh-huh. uh, but to hear but hear it. him to hear him do this atrocious um, <laughs> German accent and and i think it actually culminates in the in the bank scene when he finally goes into the federal reserve oh and he has those sunglasses on and of he's course. got those yeah. sunglasses on yeah. and um and the the banker uh you know says oh we've had this you know explosion and uh, jeremy irons reaction <laughs> is is good lord <laughs> and uh, it is it's terrible. Uh, oh my god! But, yeah, um, it's in and out, and it's definitely not to the to the level of a Garuber, uh, <laughs> i.e. Uh, Hans, uh, Alan Rickman. So, but. so I want to talk about that. I didn't. Is he overtly think, German in that movie? It's been a little bit since. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. Um, I could understand Rickman. Not to the level of good yeah. lord. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just it's oh fuck. Um. <laughs> But I don't know if I knew this about the movie because it that was had a brother a Gruber. Still, that would, he was a brother Gruber. That he was a yeah. I didn't either. Of, and like <laughs> that could have. I'm kind of glad it almost felt like throwaway. And then when it was, when he's confronted about it later, he's like, "You didn't even like your brother." And then he's just like, "There's one difference between." liking or like letting like, it letting a dumb american or something like right uh, yeah it's like yeah like i could have fucking hated my brother but it's 
it's not your place to take him away from me. Yeah. Like, but I, did, I like, I don't know. That was kind of a fun dynamic where you just like talk shit about Hans and then you just, German just, just kind of laughs it off and kind of like, yeah, he fucking sucked. I know, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it was a huge pain in the ass, but I, I, I don't know. It kind of just makes me think of the, obviously retroactive in, in inventing a trope, but it is a, I feel like a great use of a trope that, uh, that has, um, I don't know, uh, this movie, I, in, in a lot of ways, seems so incredibly influential, I guess, is by and large what I would like to get at, because um, the pace of it, uh, the type of set pieces, the type of dialogue, the way that it's edited, there's just so many characteristics about this movie that I think it makes it incredibly, like influential into what I now would attribute to still current trends in action films. Yeah. You know? Reminded me and like a fast and furious or something. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I grew like a new reverence for this movie and for this franchise watching it because, um, I had expressed this to CJ off mic, but, um, you know, what I was talking about is like, this movie is just such a like bang for your buck. You know, it's a, it, it borderlines on being lo too long, yeah. but for what it's got in it, uh -huh. it's a lot. <laughs> like you are, you are given so fucking much in this movie. Um, you There's know, kind of like uh, the first yeah, half and the, and, beats. and the second half, like the first half really is the game. And, and he sets them on these little, uh, little with these little clues on these scavenger hunts. And then the second fun. half gets into fun, a fun idea. Gold, very like a, gold at the like federal, a superhero uh, movie. federal reserve and, and all that. And, and I remember at that kind of hour mark left, I was like, what, how is there so much left of this movie? Like yeah. this, it seems to be like coming to a crescendo. And then I was, yeah, blown away getting to some of those later set pieces, like the bridge to the boat and all that stuff. But um, yeah, we can go it's through. Arguably through it's some like of those. 45 minutes at that point of just straight action sequence. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the chase is on like, at literally point, at a, at a, at a point relatively early on in this movie, it's, it's rocket ship is taken off is is leaving houston yeah. like we are we are just gonna go to and a fuckload of places everybody is gonna be like we have to go now this has to happen now and we're like jumping off a thing we're getting in a thing and driving it off a thing and, and you think it's over it. and by the way it ends with a fucking helicopter battle like what <laughs> shit right. man in Canada, yeah. <laughs> you think the movie's over, and it's like he I, got I away. Know. We got to go, fucking. Oh, the ass so right low now. to sorry, the ground in that way. helicopter is my question. I don't <laughs> get, get away I, from those wires. He, he uses a gun to take out a helicopter in a way that isn't like yeah, shooting the helicopter. It's shooting yeah. another thing that fucking blows the helicopter up. And I love too that Samuel L. Jackson's like, he like walks over to him. That's like casually just sitting by that. Watch this whole thing. And he's like, yeah, just let him fucking burn baby. <laughs> let, just no, let him cook, baby. Let, let him cook. cook. <laughs> <laughs> let let them cook. Let them cook. <laughs> Fucking awesome oh, so ending. Cool. It, it just like keeps on ramping up for for an extended period of time near near the end there. But this beginning is kind of like a, I. It, he pretty much says what 
Saw says, like, I want to play a game. And he Simon starts, says. he he hones in on, on McLean. It makes it, the, I get a little worried because it's like, oh, we're making the movie all about McLean and he's going to have some vendetta against him. And it seemed kind of like when he is confronted about that later too, he's just like, well, life can have its advantages or whatever, where he's like, I really just wanted all this gold, but getting fucking with you was just an added bonus to this. And I was relieved of that too, because if it was all about just getting revenge on McLean, that would get hokey and not as fun of a way. I, I don't know. I, it, it was the beginning and that's kind of what it was focused on and what they thought. But then they, as it starts to unravel, I'm like, Oh, there's, they're like, Oh, there's something more here. And I, I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, some, I also, yeah. Yeah. Some of these, some of these clues were like, uh, not the most <laughs> like well thought out thing or whatever, but that's, what's fun with like, you're dealing with something from a madman. So it doesn't have to be perfect, but finding the right amount of gallons and, the water. I can tell you how to do that. Like that. Do, you, do you guys remember? Do you guys know the solution to that the problem? The way they described it at the end didn't make make sense as like no. uh, making it any easier than what his first plan was. Is probably what I would, what I would have done as what he's originally describing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's probably what I would do. Is like fill up the third one and then empty that into into the four quart one and then do try to do one third more of the of the three court, but yeah, it's gotta be precise. Yeah. That's right. CJ, do you know the, the solve for that? I, I don't. And I, I have to, I have to admit that, um, you know, this was probably my 22nd time watching this film and, and, uh, my brain, my brain just goes blank every time that they, uh, <laughs> that they're trying, that they're trying to fig- figure out the gallon because the, the whole thing is that you have to be precise. Um, oh. and so I, I agree with James that that's, that's, the original thing that he was trying to do is what I is how I would have tried to mm-hmm. um, solve that uh, solve that riddle, um, but I don't. You couldn't with uh, you'd be imprecise. Yeah, yeah. So the way to do it then is is that you fill up the five gallon uh, jug and you pour it into the three gallon jug, and now you have two gallons in the five gallon jug. Oh, and then one so, left in the. Oh. Yeah, gotcha. And so, so now, it's, yeah, you just you you work. That's what it they down. said. But they, but there's parts of this movie where you're like, <laughs> okay, well, we got it. And then we're running out of time. And you got to put it in this one. And we, oh, it's gonna blow up. There's children. <laughs> I mean, let's be real though. There are, and I just I I thought it kind of sus. I mean, all you know, there's a lot of things in this movie that you can really kind of point to to be like, what the fuck? But um, no, it checks I mean, out. there's just they they left that stuff just on the you know, out in the open on the elephant uh, fountain and no one was going to steal a briefcase. I find that. Sense. Right. Hmm. <laughs> sure. They're not going to pick up the trash. Maybe. I don't know. It all checks uh, out. Two, no, two working water jugs. Him, uh, <laughs> maybe they would have stole that at first. Him launching through a manhole out of the ground. Definitely checks out as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. God, he just the gets the shit kicked out of him. When the physics just like start to go completely hay- haywire in this movie, it was like, oh, I see where things are going like later on. Cause I've seen the other one where he launches a car into a helicopter. So I'm like, I know where this escalates, but it's, it's cool to see some of the silly, silly stuff happening. Uh, yeah. Like jumping from the, bridge under the boat is is something that was just <laughs> preposterous how that, how that uh played out um but yeah i guess we should talk more a little if you guys have anything else to say about some of these other puzzle <laughs> puzzles that they line out for them there's the uh the subway thing where he like 
finds the bomb in the phone uh thing oh well actually i i was gonna say what do you guys think of these uh bombs with these liquids what do you think of that technology i well i really was obsessed with the intro to that technology which is uh i can't uh i'd have to pull up the name of the actor but he's been in a couple things uh him being just so cavalier about uh doing a little science experiment in the office oh yeah with that the was stuff, not where okay he just <laughs> just was like guess what i'm gonna cook him up right here and right. do a little a little bomb in the office <laughs> just throw them like not into the room that they're in but the room right over with everyone working. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he's like, yeah, all right. Well, that's my job. Okay, I'll see you later. Yeah, and then... But then he uh, turns out he to was... be a hero at the end. That right. talcum powder. Just... I just love it. <laughs> talcum <laughs> powder all like, over oh. his face. <laughs> he's like, I can't ah, focus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's talcum powder, baby. <laughs> you need to rub the sweat away. Oh. This is my bum diffusal powder. <laughs> <laughs> I use way too much. That's what they always tell me, but that's how I like it. I... I, I think my my favorite part um of scene with with that um uh, EOD tech is that if you zoom in on on the camera and you and you pause the movie when he's when he's cutting the wires he's left all but one wire um that's <laughs> that's left to cut and so his his job seems so technical and like the, you know <laughs> while, while while the scene is going on you know there's a lot going on and he's working you know off off camera he is trying to diffuse that bomb as technically as he can but then at the at the tail end the culmination is once the once the mixture start uh start mixing oh, the wires. It, and, and and he goes no guts no glory what, what did you think was gonna happen you know after you've cut all, all of the different wires i love no to i'm think gonna leave that it that just like this life on no guts no glory because he just he kind of seems like a curmudgeon and so this whole no guts no glory i don't know kind of um mantra of his seems like yeah such a fresh take on his situation and really rising up to the occasion because yeah he finds out that there's still kids in the building and then charles is gonna he's gonna he's gonna stay hang back and he's gonna do this and yeah i love that uh that call out too because i was thinking about bomb defusal as well and i just could not imagine that bomb defusal technicians are just going in there and they're like i got these four wires and i gotta cut them in a certain sequence or i'm fucked and that's how bombs work (laughs) right (laughs) it's just a collection of different colored wires and you gotta you gotta just cut the right one uh that seems crazy to me but i mean we don't have to nitpick too much about those the types well, of. Well, then it turns out I, to not even be a bomb at all. It was right. syrup. <laughs> so yeah. you think he would figure that out at a certain point? You're like, wait a minute, this isn't a bomb, and he's like, no guts, no glory. It's like cake syrup. It's funny how the cake syrup can look so identical to the whatever mixture that they they have in the bo- the boat bomb. Yeah. yeah. That boat bomb I mean, looks fucking silly, though. Too, I, I, I do like yeah. this movie a lot, but that's the only part I was like, "Those look silly." Those yeah. bombs um, look silly. Uh, also, you know, when it starts coming down to down to the wire, they have thirty seconds left, and uh, Bruce Willis decides, you know what, I'm gonna use that science experiment that I saw the <laughs> the bomb tech do on the desk, and I'm gonna use it to to blow up the handcuffs. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. 
you, yeah. you, you know, it, it's um, <laughs> I just you take a crowbar to a bomb, and uh, I I just I don't think it's a it's a good idea, um, <laughs> you know, and and then to use it uh, on such a small surface area where some guys handcuff, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. and, and you don't and you don't take a guy's hand off, you know, well, and that spark it, it, isn't it, gonna like launch into something it, else. <laughs> right. I mean, Samuel Jackson after that was like really doing like holy shit. Yeah, he this sounded hurt. hurt. He's like, ah, ah, oh god, <laughs> holy shit. Oh man. Yeah, I love but, how, yeah, you just like a quick little they establish already. If you take a little bit of this and a little bit of this one, and then boom, little sparks will fly. But if you do a lot of it, then then bomb. But that was just such a jump. funny way to <laughs> explain it. <laughs> and each bomb kind of looked a little different. Had different screen or or keyboard or whatever, and had like some cheeky little thing. Um, right. And they even went to fucking Yankee Stadium, like just for a uh-huh. second. I don't know. You kind of have to appreciate that that too for a New York movie. It's like, oh, we went there. It was only for like two seconds. He just like found a little game over thing. They had some snipers there and then left. But it's like, yeah, we saw Yankee Stadium. <laughs> like that's absolutely that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, to, to, to be honest, um, uh, you explore so much of New York in the movie. You even go underground, man. You go into the tunnel <laughs> system, you know, and you start looking at the map and you go, oh, wow, I had no idea they had an aqueduct that goes underneath. I was going to say, you get a dissertation from that guy being like, let me tell you about the history of the aqueducts and the tunnels in New York City. Oh, my God. I was... I yeah, I know like... who the 21st president is. <laughs> Best Arthur. A. Arthur. <laughs> Arthur. <laughs> I mean, the... Uh, this this whole cat and mouse game uh going through new york city all of this yes you can nitpick it because there's certain things that don't make sense but it is really just such a wild ride and i um yeah there's i appreciate that yeah there it is a, a ride lot of memorable there. stuff in this movie um yeah it, it really sticks with you really thrilling i love that subway set piece a lot driving the taxi around central park was a a ton of fun and just really manic and all the people on the streets and everything running out of the way uh just felt very visceral and real and uh the cg looked extremely suspect and when it was used because a lot of it was just uh seemed like the city and, and everything like like that and they were uh the taxi was uh i don't know the stunt driving and everything was was awesome that subway car careening into the station i thought looked fucking awesome too uh the actual bomb going off when the bombs do go off and that's how the movie starts too it looks uh legit everything is um i i don't know it's like there's a there's an ugly griminess to it that fits the the tone pretty well and then the dark humor comes across uh too but uh they get into this federal reserve thing we get into the you so you guys overall overall like jeremy irons irons as a as the villain you're just not crazy Mm, about his accent but him in the villain role is like how can you beat him chewing up that scenery i and i would argue too is like there's not really too much time spent on this him being like this German expat gun for hire situation yeah, you don't see him for a while. And, um, I understand the MacGruber of it all, but, um, MacGruber! you know, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I for first second I was trying to make the case of like, did we need him to have that? Uh, you know, very cartoonish German accent. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of our uh, of past guest I, Christian. I, we were playing Settlers of, of Catan recently, and it's it reminding me of him playing Settlers of Catan. If you ever play a game with him, he turns in he turns German into a. Oh yeah, German villain. He's like, oh yeah. Would you like some wood for the sheep? Yeah. <laughs> would you like some wood? Yeah. Oh, it looks like Brandon has eight victory points. So, oh, which I, and, my and accent's that's clearly much and better that's than German. Though no, you know what, you're you're better. proving the point mm-hmm. that you know. Yeah, I guess that's what I was tr- I, uh, trying to reconcile in my head there for a second. Is is that you know. How much do I find it fun that it is a silly caricature accent? And is that more of a positive, honestly, to the movie than it is to just be like, again, once you start uh, like going down the avenue of critique, like getting very critical about this movie and in particular ways in relation to like plot point making sense and things like that, it, it, it can fall apart. And, um, but man, if you do let yourself kind of not think about that as much, um, it really the movie. Yeah, this movie has fun with that. Yeah, I I, I agree. I and I, I think it's important not to uh, when you're when you're going into a, um, especially a, a, an eighties or nineties action movie. If you can turn that critical thinking off mm-hmm. or just crank it down just a, a little bit, crank you, it down. Yeah, you, you, and I'm not saying turn it off completely. You know, um, totally. But, neither uh, am I. But it, but if you if you tone it down just a, a tiny bit, I think you could really people could really in, enjoy um, those movies and enjoy the ride uh, more more than anything. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's 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 not much different than a um, than a Lethal Weapon or uh, of course, you know, which or, has or, a place, uh, yeah, <laughs> or um, you know, the Last Action Hero or, or Eraser. <laughs> you know that there's oh, yeah, um, Eraser, it, hell yeah. It, it, you know, so these these are all movies that, you know, you can't overly critique or you're just not going to have a good time um, watching the movie. And you really you really could. Yeah. Um, and so um, I, I like I like to go into that movie, you know, sit down, prop my feet up, have my little lickies <laughs> and chewies, my little snacky snacks. Yeah. And then and then and then crank, crank down the, the critical thinking for, for a little bit, you know, for an hour. And I found mm-hmm. myself enjoying to this day, enjoying watch rewatching um, Die Hard with a Vengeance, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, I, you know, we made the point, I think both of us uh, have at certain times about how movies can be just fun and um, they it's for entertainment. I brought it up in the past of like when I would talk to my dad about movies, you know, a big thing for him was, was it entertaining? You know, because if it was, then it really kind of checks off the, you know, arguably the... The only one that matters, the rest is all gravy on top of that of like, is it entertaining? Um, but, you know, uh, just like what we, you know, CJ, I, in the past, we've talked about certain maybe political stuff, but, you know, being critical of things, it doesn't mean that you hate it. So, I mean, you know, when it comes to a movie like this, um, it, it is worth saying that it is more fun when you don't think too hard about the plot point or you get more out of it. Uh, if you don't, um, is it just, is it accomplishing what it's trying to do in a, in a successful way? And if you're sitting down for a meal every single time, do you want something that's challenging 
and something oh. that's going to just uh, be an affront to your taste buds or palate, not in a necessarily bad way, but be a, a challenge sort of fine dining sort of experience or something. Or sometimes do you want a fucking cheeseburger and some, <laughs> and, 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 right. and a Coke and some fries? Or this is, this is like the cheeseburger of like, of movies. I feel like of like, yeah, man, you just, it's a cheeseburger of movies. Put yeah, it on the uh, poster. Uh, okay, hold on. Well, put it on, put it on the poster. I, I'm gonna put that down as a. It's comfort food, you know, or like it's a, like comfort uh, comfort food of, James. of of movies where if you like for certain people, there's certain times, other times where maybe you don't want a lot of gunshots, explosions, all that stuff, and that there's a good amount of that. It's pretty loud at times, but the action is enticing. It propels the plot from location to location, set piece to set piece. Uh, it goes pretty long and the last portion of it is like action packed and, and, uh, and, and full to an extent that, you know, if you are worried about a plot heavy experience, maybe, but, uh, yeah, I think it's just, it serves its purpose as it's, as it's needed to. Um, and it's cool to see it of this era as well. There's some parts of it that don't look the best or whatever, but there's other things that I really like the look of how visceral and, and gritty it is, as I, as I've said, but, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pleasantly surprised as well. And I overall really, really enjoyed my experience. I'm looking at some of my notes here before we maybe go on to some, uh, some reviews. I, uh, when you find out his name is Zeus, I related with that a lot because my father had a had a guy he worked with named jesus as well and i always heard him talk to him on the phone and i always thought his name was zeus and he'd just be like hey zeus hey zeus you know i just like say hey zeus and i really thought the guy's name was zeus and it took took me a while <laughs> to, to learn that as a as a child that it was not the case um yeah i know there's i'm probably i just wanna, brought, I wanna, there's probably just I a take, lot of lines, can i take but, that can I take that um, that line reading from him? Can I try that? Yes. Is there uh, any? The, do you need a, a a prompt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, essentially, what you were saying is, uh, you could just say Zeus, like in a question, and then uh, I can take from there. Zeus. Yeah, Zeus, as in father of Apollo, Mount Olympus, don't fuck with me or I'll shove a lightning bolt up your ass, <laughs> Zeus. You got a problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> There's so many good lines. And, like the delivery of both of those guys with those kind of lines just destroy because I, you see a lot of that shit just not being like delivered in a convincing way. And, I, you know, there's some people like maybe like The Rock or Vin Diesel and, and stuff in some of the Fast and Furious. Like sometimes it can be okay. I'd say maybe even more like Hobbs and Shaw. That's that's a little yes, bit more fun, yeah. like in, in line with this. But a little yeah, bit like silly, yeah. I, got, I got some of them, some of those like well laid planes, well laid plans up your well laid ass was one. Uh, <laughs> not even God knows what you're doing. Right. I love that line. That's, um, good. that's good shit. Maybe that mime when he's driving through Central Park and he considers uh, running over a mime. Uh, he's got that mime hate. The taxi radio tunes into the police radio at us. When he just jumps on the taxi, he pulls the radio. He's like, yeah, get me, Sergeant. <laughs> just like, you're just talking to the taxi. <laughs> People, they're like, yeah, right away. Okay, yeah, sure. 
they're all eating popcorn while looking at the explosion that just happened. That was kind of weird. Like all the people in the office building or whatever that that like after the explosion of the Federal Reserve, they're all like eating popcorn and looking at them like clean it up. All right, whatever. That's just like some of those not like logic things, but just kind of weird little uh, like things in the interstitial stuff. Um, yeah, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both both mentioned in like little one liner jokes. That's yeah. like, yeah, and I'm gonna marry Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. And then someone else says, "Who do you think you are, Hillary Clinton?" Mm-hmm. This movie was really. There's also yeah, there's also lines that that goes like, "What, Hillary Clinton, the 42nd president? No, she'd be the 43rd president. Right. All right. Yeah. All right. But who's the 22nd president? I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, wow, what a God, what a for her to have run as president. Cause that was a joke, right? Like, isn't that so uh, interesting to think about why, like, it, like almost like fuel to um, for anybody who doesn't understand, like why would Hillary Clinton run, you know, outside of just being the wife of a uh, former president, you know, it's like, Oh, she was kind of in the zeitgeist and people were talking about her as potentially being that at this point in time. And it wasn't until, yeah, much later did she actually run, but you know, yeah, and then they mentioned something about emails. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah <they> did. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Irons' uh, tie that was like a weird like ball on a string. Do you yeah, know it's like a tie was like a knot, or like an apple <laughs> on like a string or something? That was a weird tie. Um, that kid that like they stop who's like stealing butterfingers and stuff. He's like, you could steal yeah. city hall. <laughs> 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 Because the cops aren't doing anything, whatever. Um, and then they steal those children's bikes uh, yeah, and get away. Really funny, which really is funny. funny. Good stuff. Yeah. I love that bit. They yeah, shouldn't be like, like clean, like good dudes. I, I like that idea. Don't, that you shouldn't be doing this. And he's They're... just lecturing him and then he steals his bike. Oh. And he's just he's just hung over the whole time. And they look like shit. They are so <laughs> they look, dirty. So the whole, and they dirty get dirtier and, fucked up and, up and dirtier the whole time. They're bleeding everywhere. I oh love God, that I love so it. much. Yeah. It's great. And him trying to like put himself together, walking into the bank. and Right. It's, There's like a lot of like that. them just walking to where they like, as actors, are putting that on themselves, right? Like they're obviously not injured in real life, um, but there's so much of them committing to where, like physically, those mm-hmm. their characters would be. That is so fun to see of like, oh, it's hurting to walk or like, ooh, mm-hmm. this getting up these stairs is going to look like this, you know? Instead of being um, so concerned about looking perfect, like The Rock or something yeah. too, it's like, no, you're yeah, just going to look like... Lo- fucked up because you've been through a hell of a day <laughs> and arguably that's an issue with the, that's a uh, that's a, a fine example of something wrong with the fast and the furious franchise these days is that i would also argue too with a lot of television in particular um is what i would take to task on this is like so much tv everybody in it is like noticeably dressed by a stylist and yeah. there isn't any ever like very glossy this is what a normal person would probably be wearing like well in the i i guess like in my mind the issue the fundamental issue is is like if you're trying if this per like okay when you're making a movie or television 
the characters that are a part are on screen, they're inhabiting or playing a role. And like, if you're like, yeah, they're this type of person, but they're also going to be dressed like they're on a fucking television show. It just, mm-hmm. it, it, it always takes me out of it. And so, yeah, yeah where they I look like I, an I, iconic kind of character or mm-hmm, something. Everything's like, like so, so put together. Yeah. Really look so like manicured, a, but I think it's a superhero, like so the superhero thing of it all too, of just like making them look like they have like a costume, like, right you know um james to your point they continually get dirtier right and uh, more injured throughout throughout the film and it kind of culminates all the way to to the boat scene right and and uh, samuel jackson confronts jeremy irons right and that's when he can't uh you know use the gun because the safety's on i don't know if you guys remember but the 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 noise or yelp that samuel jackson does when, when when he gets shot in the leg is pretty damn re- realistic. I, I I thought as as far as fake Hollywood you know injuries wow. go, um, and yeah. the, the the same. Then Bruce Willis joins them later on um, in the uh, um, there on the uh, on the ship, and he's laying there on the ground because he thinks the bomb is has gone off, or or he's finally starting to put mm-hmm. two and two together that there's that there wasn't ever a bomb. But um, when they get him up he also yelps you know because you know it's almost like it's finally caught up that you know for for the last 10 hours he's been blown up he's been (laughs) you know he jumped off of a bridge you know and uh, i i love the the you know their acting there it really seemed that they were like oh man the the endorphins all everything the uh adrenaline everything is worn off and now i am fucked up yeah <laughs> you know and that seems to be like i love that that's what they took from the original die hard of like rather yes. than the trademark of like single mm. location trap sort of thing like no main character mclean's gonna get fucking fucked Run up like yeah. thrown through the wood Run chipper yeah, yeah he's gonna have to step on glass or whatever and he's gonna like have a have a bad time his arm is just like covered in blood and, and he smacks like, the bottle like on that. his head and then he just like grabs water that's coming like, from the oh, ceiling God. and just washing his face off like that i mean yeah samuel l sitting on uh the curb or whatever near the exploding uh, having having exploded helicopter and he's got like blood like just still all over his face you know, yeah, and, like after getting stabbed at the beginning of the movie, he, there, you don't really ever see him go to paramedics. I feel like no, and they <laughs> like, yeah, just put some pressure the continuity on it. Stays with that, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, I think that's the thing that you just is why you forfeit or what you forfeit in order for ease, essentially. Like, just I don't know, like um, urgency, yeah. Uh, economization of action movies where it is so much easier for everybody in the movie to be dressed a a certain way and to just stay that way. So then we don't have to worry so much about this, um, you know, adding Mm -hmm. and making sure all of these things uh, Mm -hmm. stay, the continuity stays true. And you got to just give a movie like this credit for it. Yeah. yeah, Cause it progresses. It progresses. And it like, um, it makes Mm -hmm. me think of, Somebody told me that they went to the movie theaters around the time that um, Skyscraper came out, that um, uh-huh. Dwayne the Rock Johnson yeah. movie. And it was like uh, at the uh, place in L.A., at one of the theaters in L.A., they had his white T-shirt through like the stages oh, of the cool. movie. Yeah. And it, and yeah. it's like progressively more tattered and, and discolored that. and all of that. And um, it's 
honestly, man, I just, it, a thing that this is a part of that I'm talking about being genuinely loving things like the tattered shirt, you know, of, even though I don't like skyscraper, but like, you know, uh, a movie going to those pains and lengths to put their main character through all these things, which then kind of get piled up on top of them. So just kind of similarly to a video game or a superhero or like a, um, you know, uh, like a Japanese uh, swordsman story, like, as certain things happen, it gets attached to the character. So then by the end of the movie or the end of the story, they just like have the coolest weapons, but they're also like their clothes are different. And it's just like such a, like, here's this final iteration of this character. And so it is a physical representation of it's like a, character kind of development. Like a, a, a boon almost like, you mm-hmm, know, for yes, a, on the hero's right. journey getting, yeah, a boon getting some type of new ability or whatever is kind of what I'm thinking about in a video game. And um, yeah, you just don't see that anymore in this movie. And then also too broad, uh, broadly, uh, I, I just, I want to make a simple point of, I love how much physical um, uh, like real tangible non CGI stuff that happened in this yeah. movie when it came to like, you know, Same. the, uh, the subway uh, mm-hmm. crashing through the platform yeah. and all of that stuff is like Big time. so, so sick. A lot of the stuff of like drilling and taking the gold and all of mm-hmm. that stuff i loved it um and then driving through the park yeah there's just there's literally a this movie is a laundry list of um of action sequences it's and just so, the water the water coming through the tunnel and launching him through the manhole cover mm-hmm. was the only time you're like oh um, yeah. they, but they yeah. when they show it full front not good but when they do the rear view mirror like oh that's nice but they launching him through and then him Samuel Jackson driving by. That was just, that was, that was funny. And then jumping off of the, with the wire onto the boat that's coming from the truck that like is taught a taut wire at first, but then the truck starts to drag and fall and then they fall and then it slices a dude in half and they land on the boat and have to drag that the shot of them dragging you want legs or the arms or whatever. Dragging different sides, that was pretty grim for a diehard movie, but but the dark humor I think works on me, and uh, I just some of that stuff is when the CG starts to rear its ugly head a bit, but for the most part, this it is very yeah in in your face. I I agree. Um, I was just looking and at the, some, one one last comment about the CGI is that CGI was used for the uh, the sign that he's wearing in the beginning of the movie. Did you guys know that? That the sign uh, that he's the sandwich sign is oh. what they call it. So uh, he didn't actually have to go and it had nothing on it. That was CGI added in. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. I uh. didn't. Yeah. So they you could know, really it... put whatever they wanted on there. <laughs> and that's it. Exactly. Which <laughs> was very helpful. Uh, later commented on it, which was very helpful for uh, at, making this a TV movie. Oh, you could, you, oh, you could, could, change, uh, you could change the words for whatever, um, uh, not, not like it changed I wonder what it was a, on the, a ton on of times. Um, but 
you know, uh, TV is a movie is wrapped or uh, broken up by advertising, you know? And so there's a little bit of, pro- I, I wanted to say it seemed like there was like a couple edits and versions um, that ran on TV or when this ran on TV, it had like some culmination of, um, God, what was one example of, cause obviously they didn't say the N word. I God, it was like, it's like, I think it's just as generic as like, kill everybody or something or something oh, yeah, i hate everything <laughs> yeah like I i'm hate not everything. happy people suck like, just a sad face <laughs> yeah hey man what's your problem you're not happy with life life is great um i'll just see a couple more lines oh though oh hey fuckhead you got any aspirin <laughs> I was and he really does and it is a plot point it. Yeah, right, exactly, because of the lid of it. Man, I was so concerned with how much aspirin he was taking, though. I mean... You got to do what you got to do. He's in so much pain. There was a point where he had kind of his hand out, and and somebody was, like, dumping just, like, a bunch (laughs) in his hand. And I'm like... I think he's had probably like eight aspirin today. And that is like really, you know, oh, it it was. I hate everybody was what uh, the sign read one time. Really? Um. Oh, that's silly. I hate everybody. That's silly. <laughs> yeah, you're uh, like, bring back the N word. Yeah, Brandon, that's my problem. Thanks for. <laughs> for a second there, I was like, okay, yeah. What would you like it to be? <laughs> if you were to see, if you were to see somebody with that sign in the street, like, do you think think a lot of people would approach them, wanting to beat them up, like to instill a sense of wanting to uh beat this guy up like there's i don't know finding something that is a little bit more instigating somebody right is my only point yeah. brandon but no yeah put those fucking words in my mouth you piece of fucking shit anyways we're gonna do reviews next we'll be right back bye i'm trying to think what would be more instigating I don't know, but uh, something as generic as I hate everyone, um, you would almost relate to them more than instigate. You'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, right. I, get, I, I get what you mean, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. It would be like, I hate New Yorkers, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you do that. You go that route. Yeah, it's tough, but um, certainly smart on on the studios to to make that part CGI, man. To, because you have to have the foresight to say yeah, this is gonna go to TV, you know, at at some point. So what what can we do that um, you know can be edited to uh, to be able to to be shown to the masses eventually? Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, but I mean, to his point, is like. Yeah, could you imagine somebody like pulling a gun on somebody for saying, um, yeah, I hate everybody. I mean, I think the movie does have that moment where he's like, pretend to be crazy, pretend to be an escapee from um, Bellevue. I think it's what right yeah and i think that was more samuel jackson's idea you know last ditch effort to you know to you know dissuade the gangbangers from uh from beating them up um but um but i i think it i think it played well because you know the the scene opened up uh, you know before that to samuel jackson and 
you know, you know, educating his his nephews or in and what have you. So I, I think the the culture war aspect, um, you know, and the racial undertones really played into that scene and build and building it up and doing it in Harlem of of all places. You oh, know, oh for sure, uh, right. and yeah. and so um, and you know, you you get a, a slight glimpse into you know, the cynical mind of Simon, right? And, and, and making, you know, trying to make him suffer as much as possible. What can we do? Oh, yeah, let's, let's put a, let's put him in the middle of Harlem, um, you know, in a traditionally black neighborhood and have this, you know, this, you know, racist sign on, that's really going to punish, um, you know McLean's mm. char- McLean's character. Um, so ultimately, I I really in, in, enjoyed that scene. Um, you know, and it was it was gritty and real and something that I think, you know, New Yorkers could um, you know could really re- relate to. You know, especially especially folks from um, you know really rough socioeconomic places. You know, around New York. Yeah, and I just I think too like. It, that whole scene works really well to do that whole dynamic of like, um, you don't get the sense that Bruce Willis believes these things and he's just doing it because of um, Simon is telling him to. And there is such a quick like turn and in interaction where even though what it says on the sign is what it says, like he diffuses that with Samuel L. Jackson relatively well. And it, it just, it, I mean, it does set the pace for, you know, the, their every, God, so much of their uh, conversations and back and forth are like, you have a problem with me being a white guy. You have a problem right. with me being bl- a black guy. And then like, but it always, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's such an interesting like tone that is representative of that time where yeah, it's just it's ball busting, but it's also uh like racial stuff and uh yeah, I don't know. It's like it just it now starts to seem more just more representative of that time and uh it's interesting to, you know, kind of like well, But you I I think there's also, you know, yeah. maybe maybe even a, a lesson hidden, you know, way way deep in 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 the plot because at the at the tail end of this you have Samuel Jackson and Bruce Willis arguing nonstop throughout the entire film, yelling at each other, you know, busting balls even even in a in a racial undertone kind of way, but then w- what do you get at, at at the end? You get Samuel Jackson saying, "God damn it, McLean, I was just starting to like you, man," uh, when he thinks that they were going to die. And so, um oh. it it's it's so cool to see them overcome all that stuff, you know, and, and, uh, at the end almost become friends, you know, through all that stuff. Sure. And like, they become friends. Yeah. I don't know. Seemingly like quickly and easily. And I, I, again, so much of it too is like, I don't, yeah, I think both of them respect each other and express it enough to each other that it is understood. And, um, yeah, them becoming such fast friends just makes it so much more enjoyable right because yeah they're not really too much at odds with each other they just are like i think it's this way i think it's that way and then they get to the best like i don't know they kind of work it out and get to the best answer quickly there's not a lot of like yeah i don't know goes to the 
where the bureaucracy and the whole overarching like system of cops is as well of like you don't necessarily want them to be against McLean a lot like if you really thought about it sure it would be more dynamic or be more realistic but do you want a whole part of this movie that people are just like you can't do this McLean you know stop doing this we're gonna prevent you from doing this and instead you know it's like the scene um, where all the cops and stuff are talking about what the strategy is for the cop uh, for like figuring out or disarming the bomb at the schools and everybody kind of just gets on board real quickly to solve that problem. And yeah, I mean, you could spend time doing this whole, you know, your department thinks this and, and yada, 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 or like, are we going to just trust that McLean knows what he's talking about? But instead they're like, we're going to, we're going to be on board. We're going to go along with it. He gets it. He's our best man out there. It just makes him more of such a superhero. Right. Um, you know, something that I, I thought about today as I was watching the, the tail end of the, of the movie was how many similarities uh, the movie had with uh, Lethal Weapon, um, specifically Bruce Willis's character and Mel Gibson's character in uh, in the original Lethal Weapon, where you have this kind of disgruntled, dishe- disheveled cop, you know, city cop. So he's not a, he's not a state police. He's not a, a federal law enforcement officer. He's a gritty kind of uh, detective where um, he's got problems at home you know he's he's an he's an alcoholic uh not well maybe not an alcoholic but he he, he drinks too much maybe he's, yeah. he may, well. maybe he smokes smokes too much um he's got issues with it with his boss um and then in early on in the movie you see how um they bring in a uh a psychologist to kind of uh, understand what's going on in 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 Simon's yeah, mind, yeah. Um, where you they do the same thing in, in Lethal Weapon, where you you have a back and forth between Mel Gibson's character and and the quote unquote shrink, you know, and and uh, and you get this the same thing with Mel Gib, or I'm sorry, with Bruce Willis mouthing off at the psychologist here, going like, well, yeah, that's all well and good, Doc. What the fuck does this have to do with me, you know? <laughs> and, and so um, so I I I I like seeing those those parallels, and and they they certainly played but um it, it there was a lot of similarities between lethal weapon and uh and die hard with a vengeance uh, i don't know if, if you guys knew this but um it looks like um this when the script was written it was it was really meant to be a standalone movie until it was bought out by another studio and and they ultimately decided to uh you know to adapt it to the die hard series um yeah and, i did see that and uh who did they want to play samuel jackson's character lawrence, lawrence fishburn. fishburn you know uh, yeah. how about how about that morpheus himself i could totally uh, see that and that makes a lot of sense them just wanting to couple it into some some franchise and and tag that that name onto it and it would mm-hmm. explain i don't know bruce willis's attitude towards this maybe too just kind of being maybe a little blase about the whole process and it just uh not really coming from a from a place of uh anything that's trademarked die hard and some of the little flourishes on top 
are a little fan servicey, but never really take you out of it. And I think that's why it was successful with me because it didn't feel like it had to be some bastardized version of some original thing that would never be as good as the original. The fact that you're telling me that it is an, its own original story makes a lot more sense and bodes well for the movie in a, in a funny kind of way because Die Hard doesn't really mean anything. It really is just John McClane as a character and Bruce Willis and, and his attitude as uh, an actor in these movies that really pushes it forward as a franchise. If you don't have that, then you don't have a Die Hard movie. So just trying to, again, circle around like what those trademarks are of what the whatever this franchise is. I think he is such a, yeah, he is the franchise. He's such an inter- integral part. You could really ascribe so many different things to the the action movie uh, that it's that it's put in. Because this one itself seems to be, instead of a spinoff of Die Hard, like you're saying, CJ, it seems to be more of a spinoff of what was popular at the time, which was Lethal Weapon. Mm. In my mind, yeah. but... Who knows? Yeah. And then, and then like just having up. New York be such a big part of it and having him out, out and about and, and trotting around and, and stuff is definitely a different spin on it. Yeah. And it's curious to me that, you know, this obviously got a, a great reaction from, from audiences, you know, around the States and worldwide. Um, States, but, not as much as worldwide. Right, right, right. Um, but a big, as big of a hit. But, even even still took from 1995 all the way to 2007 for the fourth Die Hard movie to to come out and um it's it's curious when you look at Lethal Weapon's projection where like every two to three years they were coming out Lethal Weapon one two mm-hmm. three four um I mean in four culminating with the likes of Jet Li and and all all of these all of these big you know, big movie, you know, big movie stars at, at the time. Um, but you didn't see that with, with Lethal Weapon 4, you know, you had this prolonged period of time between 1995 and, and 2007, 12 years. Um, and then when it came out, um, it, it was a, it was a little bit of a flop and there wasn't any, any big names tied to live free or die hard. I think it was, it was called, is that the um, Timothy Oliphant? Is that who's in that? And like Justin Long and stuff, maybe that's the one after that's the one, that I, that's four? the other one I've seen. So where he launches that car into the chopper. That shit was cool. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Like, fucking that's like, li- right. Live free and die hard. Live free or die hard. Possibly. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, cool. it's more like, it's like hacker. Like, I think the villain is like t- a lot of oh, like, right. in the that's tech, right. in the tech world sort of thing of like hacking shit. And he's got to fight against them. Like hacking, hacking the city and stuff. I, it's been a while. I feel like Justin Long's involved in it too. Yes, yeah, you're right. Justin Long and Timothy Oliphant, uh, mm-hmm. Live Free or Die Hard. Man, it's uh, I feel like Justin say, Long's uh, like dating his daughter or some shit. Yeah, right. Uh huh. Uh man, cyber terrorism. I cyber terrorism is Timothy not Oliphant, that I- interesting to me in film form, you know, and has never been something. I don't know. I especially because I think it was more yeah until towards, fucking uh, dead towards... re- dead reckoning baby hey <laughs> yeah you're... come on okay can we do have a little Shit dead reck- awesome. dead recky side tangent CJ have you seen I Mission it. Impossible Dead Reckoning oh, okay well we should wait till you've seen it we shouldn't get too into it the way that tech is used in that movie uh, brings it brings cyber terrorism back in a big way <laughs> yeah. in a big way. In a... It's one of the most perfect action movies 
yeah, it's great. I don't, I don't want to. I don't I'm so excited. I think they. Yeah. I heard they took off part one from it or something. So maybe they'll name the second one something different. But uh, I hope very, so. Very yeah, excited for that. Um, do you guys? I'm sorry, that's the that's the most recent uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. Then, yeah, right? uh-huh. no, yeah. Yeah. I I have. Um, it just took me looking it up, but man, that train scene at at the end, right? Right. Um, yeah, that one was gripping. Incredible. <laughs> so yeah. good. And the vi- yeah. what ends up being the villain in that movie too is something that is. Uh, right. This is, you know, maybe Til- Timothy Oliphant was a precursor to what's what's going on in, in Dead Reckoning. Yeah, um, right. I'm sure that Timothy Oliphant's character would love it. What's going on there? Uh, you guys want to hear about what critics have to say about this movie? Yeah. Lay it on me. Please. They gave it a 59 average percent. Uh, Barbara Creed from The Age in Australia is a top critic on Rotten Tomatoes. And she says, if you're an action fan, you will love Die Hard with a Vengeance. All you need is a strong stomach and a penchant for masochism. If you can endure the pain threshold, you won't mind the glaring plot inconsistencies, woeful stereotyping, and banal story. Uh, from Gene Siskel at Chicago Tribune. Oh, here we go, CJ. Watching Die Hard 3 is like moving along a conveyor belt with shocks applying to your brain every 10 minutes. It wore me out. And this is from a critic who actually put Die Hard 2 on his 10 best list five years ago. Yeah, just the review we listened to. Yeah. Uh, Richard Corliss from Time Magazine says, Some movies ought to be reviewed not by critics, but by the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Not really sure oh. why, but yeah, <laughs> they should. Wow. Uh, maybe one or two more from Brian Lowry of Variety Degenerate degenerates into an improbable confusing series of chases and an overly involved heist that takes far too long to set up. Huh. Dominic Wells oh. at timeout. There's little wit or originality <laughs> on, right on offer. Oh. Just the familiar escalation of car chases and big bangs. Big bad bangs. Let's check out some audience feelings uh, in the five-star kind of range. They gave it an 83 on Rotten Tomatoes. AJ Taylor says, the original Die Hard is... Oh, this one's a little... No, I don't want to do that one. It's a little too long. Let's do this one. From The Nightmare. This person calls themselves The Nightmare. Five stars. True masterpiece. Die Hard with a Vengeance lived up to my expectations. It's a fabulous movie. The second part wasn't my favorite, favorite, but the third is gorgeous. Good villain. Great music. Good plot. Fabulous cast. As much action as you want. The movie is amazing. Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson have a great chemistry. They do a great job together. Two of the best actors. One phase that I really liked was the subject of racism. The film highlighted this thing. Several films should do this because we are all the same regardless of color. He may not have maintained racism at all, but I adore that he did. I respect that. The story is beautiful, and I love the fact that it's not about <laughs> revenge. John McClane, with the help of Zeus Carver, a local shop owner, must find out the solutions to stop Simon, the formal colonel brother of Hans Gruber, who John killed. Simon threatens that if they don't find the solutions, he will detonate a bomb in public areas until the two find out the real plan. Simon Gruber is a good villain. You are easily attached to him, as his brother is calm and calculated. Jeremy Irons offers superb, superb performance. A very talented actor and one of my yeah. favorites. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Jeremy Irons, From, man. Uh, yeah, MVP. he's a great villain. 
from Tella, titled There Are Only Two Die Hard Movies, really worth watching, five stars. The original, of course, and this movie. Sure, it's a bit over the top, but so is the original. Probably the only Samuel L. Jackson movie that he does a great job in. He's much better as a serious actor than in movies where he's supposed to be humorous. Mm, that's pretty L take right there. <laughs> there are lots of great lines in this movie, although the casual watcher is probably not doing, not going to catch them. The movie has no forced humor, unlike every other movie you see these days. Looking at you, Star Wars and Avengers. There is one scene that is a bit Slams. too gory, and I always skip over it, but it only lasts 10 seconds. Otherwise, it's a normal Die Hard-style violence. That is to say, there's a lot of graphic violence. I highly doubt Hollywood can make a movie this good these days. They wouldn't be able to figure out how the Harlem scene without watering it down and said they would show tons of male nudity, nothing offensive, and jokes thrown in every minute. This is a more realistic view of what humans are really like. John is practically an alcoholic that has a hard time making his boss and <laughs> wife happy. I think you're projecting, buddy. But he comes through when needed, even though he didn't Everybody's have to. He's an alcoholic, right? <laughs> this is real life. Zeus is a hardworking guy with deeply seated racial issues that he puts aside to save the city. Everybody's focusing on the race stuff. Oh, the action man. sequences are mostly very well done. I imagine it was a ton. It was a ton of work to coordinate with all the different filming locations to complete the scenes. It was also probably very hard to cast so many tall Germans or Eastern Europeans. <laughs> <laughs> the aqueduct filming the trucks the subway the sets built so the helicopters the bridge the ship etc just tons, got a lot of, tall tons of coordination and hard work the kind of effort put into this movie would be too much for a modern film studio they would just put their budget into cgi instead this movie is 27 years old and holds up better than any modern movie even the original wow. holds up better and that's even older i like old things Old guys are cool. <laughs> I'll do one more from the audience here. Uh, from Man Cub's Mom. Five stars. Titled, Has All the Magic of the First. I'm a huge fan of the Die Hard series. Not so much the second, but even it merits a look. It's safe to say that if you see John McClane in a building, airplane, or telephone booth, maybe even a donut shop, you better run like heck because said structure will be blown up. Or at least riddled with bullets within seconds. Bruce Willis is the ultimate everyday hero with flaws and a biting sense of humor. As he is <laughs> raised from the bottom of the bottle, he has drowned himself in to battle again <laughs> with an uber terrorist bent on worldly domination. Played I de was born in it. <laughs> played deliciously by the always entertaining Jeremy Irons, who I feel plays some of the best bad guys in the business. Sounds too much yeah. like the first? Heck no, because there is a high octane adrenaline packed sidekick in the form Samuel L. Jackson. That's Zeus, not Jesus, who provides amusement in the form of his one-line zingers, yet still able to open up a can of self-righteous whoop-ass on the enemy. It's a virtual feast for the senses with dazzling special effects, a great soundtrack, and fast-paced dialogue. What else would you expect from razor-witted Bruce? The characters are rich, multi-dimensional beings whom you can empathize with, or wonder how depraved they truly can be. It's definitely a film that you can watch over and over, seeing something new each time you do so. Mm. That's a little audience tasting. Uh, I think, yeah, there's uh, some people that love an action movie with Bruce Willis. And this was proven with all the geezer pleasers that he did post Die Hard uh, franchise. 
And I think there's going to be a lot of love coming out for uh, his movies at this time. Um, but as we will find out in the reviews, I think some some of us will be coming out as well for this movie in particular. Because I think this is when he's at such like a kind of nice peak of his career in, in a lot of ways. And he's able to totally. affect those little in-between moments like... Even when he is he laughing like a fucking maniac after getting up from a subway that's just been blown up and he's just seeing the rubble him being like ha, 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 ha. it's like I don't know, you're still just like, Wow, there's something wrong with him, but I'm I'm having a I'm having a good time. There's something that having these kind of action heroes in the nineties that there is something still a little off and just more rough around the edges and not perfectly uh, morally correct in, in some ways is uh, appealing and makes you uh, have a have a better time knowing that you're not with somebody that's going to take you through a nice safe sort of adventure. It's like some shit might get a little fucked up along the way and you know what are you going to do about it? They're fucking hungover, you know. Uh, but as far as like why people disagreed on this, you know, I don't know. Sequels of action movies, critics are going to you know hate a lot of those and it seems to still be uh, pumping the steam for the audience side of things. Uh, at this point, though, I'd like to hear what we have to say and, and hear some scores from us. So, CJ, if you want to give a final, any final thoughts uh, about how you feel about the movie and then a score from 0, 100, zero to 100, 0 being rotten, 100 being a fresh. Mm. Yeah, I, I think ultimately they nailed die hard with a vengeance uh due to its like ability to uh anybody can can relate to the protagonist he is not this aesthetically pleasing it's just especially not by today's standard he is this very rough looking he's got marital prop he's got marital problems he's got uh, potential financial problems. He's definitely got problems at, at work. Practically uh, you know. bold. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, <laughs> he, he, he doesn't dress well. He doesn't, he's not polished. He doesn't speak well. Um, but yet he is able to essentially save, you know, New York City, uh, you know, Avenger style um, against this, um, against this mercenary slash terrorist slash madman um, while, uh, while still taking the viewer uh, through this cultural war um, racist, you know, uh, you know, kind of bridge the gap between law enforcement and you know uh, the black community at, at times. So um, it's a it's a little bit of everything. It's it's visually pleasing. It's uh, it's got great uh, comical breaks. Um, and if you watch it these days, and if you grew up in the '90s, it is just jam packed with nostalgia, um, where you can see how you know how gritty and uh um new york city was you know back back in those days and and uh, i just love that and i love being able to to kind of put that on and and uh you know get sent in a time capsule back to uh, back to what it was in in uh, in the 90s when we grew up right um so i just i love it for that i'll i'll always love it for that uh i think it's a a solid um 72 out of wow. uh, out, oh. out of 100 beautiful oh, yeah man beautiful yeah. love that uh brandon james you want to go oh i'm the, i'm the james Dini. sure i'll go i'm I, i'm stealing your uh your surname 
<laughs> Mr. Deanie. Right this way. <laughs> Deanie was my father. <laughs> Deanie, party of three. Deanie, party of three. I don't, uh, that reminds me of the time you, me, and your father went to, it was like Black Angus or something, and they like, the host came out and looked at us three and were like, party of six? <laughs> and we're like, what? And then my dad says, I was like, what the fuck? We were like, no, there's three of us. No, there's no one else in the us. waiting room either. We we're like, no. How, we we're like, how big of guys are do you think we are? <laughs> I'm sorry, you just each count as two. <laughs> yeah, I was shit. Didn't know. Um, but yeah, so this, this movie was a pleasant surprise. I had no real uh, idea of what kind of expectations I should have going into it. Um, I wasn't even sure exactly what number in the series it, it was, if it was like two or three or four. Um, yeah, I love that it was its own thing. And knowing that it, it technically was an original screenplay or whatever, probably without the Die Hard name, makes a lot of sense. Then retrofitting it in worked somehow. And uh, I think that has a lot to do with the magnetic chemistry of Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. Um how this movie was shot was uh, a fun way to watch an action movie for the most part. Some of it got a little, little heinous there uh, in the, in the frenetic filmmaking, but for the most part, I thought it brought me into the momentum and uh, the urgency of the characters and the story. Um, and I like how the story morphed from the beginning to the end. I was a little worried halfway through, like how much time is left for this little game to be played out and learning about the Federal Reserve and all the gold and, and everything and getting onto the, the boat and the helicopter fight was very memorable as an action movie due to fun action set pieces mixed with great comedic one-liners and uh, of an awesome kick-ass villain that uh, fills the movie to the brim with a lot of reasons to to love it. I would say... Uh, criticisms yeah maybe maybe still a little too long i think they could have tightened it up just just a bit and i think that's a natural sort of uh byproduct of being a sequel uh to uh, an acclaimed action movie already and some of the dodgy cg i think namely the water and launching them out of the manhole and uh jumping onto the boat even though when i think about it like as it was happening i'm like this is preposterous but i think if i were to watch it again which i think i will like seeing, I'm like, oh, this is the part where they jump onto the boat and then the dude gets sliced in half. Watch this. Like, I don't know. Now I'm just primed for it and I'm, I'm excited to, to revisit it. I think so. This is, this is solid, a solid action movie. I think I will go back and maybe visit the second one just to, uh, fill out my, my feelings of it. But I would recommend this in the vein of an action movie, not necessarily just a diehard movie and figuring out, uh, throughout this discussion of what those trademarks are, I'm glad that this one branched out in the way that it did into like a buddy cop sort of thing, uh, as well as doing a good job of doing an action movie in New York and showing the city in a lot of ways. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'll, I'll do fucking, I'll do a 76. I'm, I'm like right there with you. I, I think, I think it's very, very positive uh, score out of me in terms of uh, enjoyability and I would recommend it for, for the most part to, to action movie lovers. Well said. Yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, gentlemen, we're, uh, we're not far off uh, here because I think all of us can understand uh, some of the more stereotypical um, 
you know, to, what what would it be? It would be it um, being egregious in particular ways, be it um, the like the plot or um, I don't know how much time it spends on certain things. Anyways, um, I just I think all of us can understand that this movie is really fun when you just look at this as a movie, an action movie. Um, you're going into the theater to be thrilled. You're sitting down to watch a movie to have a good time. And this movie delivers on it. I just I was really blown away by how much I enjoyed the dynamic between Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson. That really carries almost the entire movie for me. Yeah, uh, I think it's uh, sure. worth just scouting from the hilltops of like, if you want to see really, really fun uh, repartee between your two main characters in a movie, um, go see Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, there's a lot of uh, fantastic, uh, like actual set pieces, like real in real world stuff, uh, special effects that uh, makes, uh, you know, kind of um, uh makes me long for movies made differently um, than a lot of uh, content that is made today. And that can also be said about a bunch of other things. Um, I don't know. Go see this movie. Um, it's not the, um, yeah, there are certain things wrong with it and I can recognize that, but um, by and large, I think it is a pretty good time and I would suggest um, people go see it. So I'm going to be a 78 is how I'm feeling on, on this movie. That's where I'm at. Um, Excellent. I was going to say in the 80s, but I 78 is where I arrived. Yeah. It could definitely, yeah. I mean, on a good day, I, I would I would agree with you, too. I, I don't know. It's it, it's definitely worth uh, worth that. Like, it goes 70, 80 range, for sure. I, I, I don't know. It's These are yeah. it's arbitrary at that point, because these, these numbers, I don't know. It's hard to totally. quantify a movie like this. This is an experience, people. You just <laughs> got to gotta run out to your local run video out, store. And, run out to, yeah. Give me Die Hard with a vengeance. I want to die harder. Uh, This has been a a lot of fun going through a silly action movie uh, with with my buds. CJ, this was a true pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed your first uh, podcast experience, and I hope it won't be your last, and I hope we get to have you back for for another one. It doesn't have to be an action movie. It could be anything you want, but if you want to be action movie expert, you're more than welcome to. The position is open. Um, But is there anything else that you wanted to share before we say our uh, adieus? You know, um, yeah, I think there's a a good reason that the Die Hard series has the cult following that that it does. Um, And, uh, it's it's so interesting to me how so many of the specifically the the 90s cult classics have very polarizing scores uh, a mm. lot of times you know um and uh-huh. so um you know i enjoy most that these films are being rewatched by gen z and the follow on mm. generations and uh just very very briefly on on i was scrolling through my stories over the weekend and it's it just so happened that there's this very very young fitness influencer that i follow who was traveling for work uh, was in their hotel room just scanning through the old hotel channels as as one does when you're traveling right mm-hmm. and uh 
and they were live streaming on their story saying there's this awesome movie about this guy <laughs> i don't know i don't know the name of the of the movie but he seems to be in a hotel or some kind of business center and he's fighting terrorists i think but i'm glued to the tv she says um and i cannot stop watching um and uh sure enough mm. some some guy saw hans gruber's face you know and was like <laughs> How do you not know that that is diehard? But that is that is something that we have to come to terms with. That so many, you know, so many of, of our uh, younger colleagues don't, um, you know, haven't seen these movies or haven't had the the pleasure of experiencing some of these uh, cult classics, if if we could even call them cult classics. But um, uh, and so that's that's um, my favorite part is introducing to folks, uh, whether they're our age or younger, that haven't necessarily seen some of these um, integral films that, at least for me and my childhood, were, were so critical um, to my love of action movies. Um, so I would more than anything love to fill that uh, spot if, if there's a vacancy for a action mo- action <laughs> yeah. movie subject. Well, you're subject in competition with, uh, with You'll be ambassador on this. But, uh, Danny covers yeah, a lot of. Got, we Danny wears a lot of hats, but uh, Danny does he can, wear a lot he, of he can pass pass one of those hats along every every now and then. And I, <laughs> I, I agree with you that like even if they stumbled across this movie in the hotel and never even seen the first one or second one, they could enjoy this absolutely as a standalone. And even if you had no idea who John McClane was, you would be interested after this. Who's this McClane guy? Man, he's people seem to McClane. Yeah, really have have a certain reverence for for him. Um, and he even has a little Santa Claus joke or something in this movie, which will uh, continue on the the idea that these are Christmas movies. Um, again, thank you so much, CJ. And yeah, great, great thank points. You, and I, I think that uh, we'll we'll get to a lot of other fun fun action stuff in the in the future. For next time, though, we will be turning our heads towards. As Rotten Tomato describes this genre as kids and family slash fantasy from 2005, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, a Tim Burton film starring Johnny Depp. I don't know if you've heard of any of those names or uh, this remake of a classic film. It is an 83% certified fresh movie by the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a Stinky, stinky, pew, pew, 51% by the audience. It is a critically revered movie, and we will be discussing it surely next time. Uh, we've, we're going through an interesting little collection here. I think, yeah, we did Mona Lisa, last, Mona Lisa Smile last time. We're doing uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Into Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. These are, these are all very different movies, and that makes me fun to very. be a part of this podcast with you, Brandini. And it's been yeah, uh, me too, man. enjoyable, as, as always, James Dini. That's me forever, guys. And uh, <laughs> we hope you guys have enjoyed yourselves as well. If you want to watch us do this live, we're occasionally on twitch.tv slash polarized pod streaming live. If you want to send us a line at uh, Gmail, you can do uh, polarize the pod, polarize the pod at gmail.com. Uh, we love you all and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.